I am adding to my list one uppercut, <laughs> one <laughs> a year's worth of booing, or they one just spend the, or, 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 no, no, no. Who or gets it? I don't care. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. As always, I'm joined by the usual cohort, Jared, Wyatt, Aiden, and Lucas. Uh, as we've been doing recently, let's start off with a little bit of a news roundup. First of all, important news this past week, rest in peace to two beautiful souls in DMX <laughs> and Prince Philip on the same day. Lucas, are you <laughs> laughing right now? <laughs> he is laughing. Not... Not that they died, it's very sad that we're mentioning this right at the top of the podcast. Um, well, we're going to move on to, to more pleasant things um, for a moment only, <laughs> looking at it. Um, the, in, in some rare golf news for us, the Masters concluded just recently, congratulations to Hideki Matsuyuma. Um, apparently he becomes the first Japanese male golfer ever to win a professional, um, like a pro tour, so... Yeah. Congratulations to him in yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah. We uh, look the, forward to yeah mentioning golf again next April. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, at this point, they know what they're getting from us. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the lawsuit number on Deshaun Watson is now at twenty-two. That might not, not even be up to date anymore. Actually, I'm not. I didn't double check, but it's, yeah, it's actually text, technically twenty-one. It's always climbing. Oh my goodness! Oh well, so I was right. It isn't up to date. <laughs> one was yeah. dropped with "for now," as it was put in quotes. Mm-hmm. So. And the Texans just keep on waiting to see. Um, in other NFL news, the NFL changed uh, their jersey number rule, so like a handful of positions can now wear single-digit uh, numbers, which I guess is cool. I don't know if anybody has any thoughts. I like I like the chaos of like college jersey numbers where like a quarterback could be thirty if he really wanted. So, like, well, this isn't quite there. Um, or there's like two number eights on the uh, on <laughs> yeah, the same team. Exactly. There's one on offense and one on defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, I think you know approaching that is kind of fun. So yeah, <laughs> I support it. Uh, yeah, and lastly, a little bit of baseball news: Padres pitcher Joe Musgrove threw this season's first no-hitter, and interestingly, the Padres catcher, Victor Caratini, if I'm saying that right, also caught the MLB's last no-hitter when Alec Mills of the Cubs threw a no-hitter last September. So he's the first, for your niche stat of the day, I love this, he's the first MLB catcher to be behind the plate for consecutive no-hitters for two different teams. (laughs) Thank you, Elias Sports Bureau. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start off with a segment that we've got titled This or That. We're just going to have people choose between one option in a certain context or another. So firstly, Wyatt, let me throw it to you. Let's talk about bigger crazes. Do you think Linsanity or Minshew Mania is the bigger craze? Well, I'm glad you're asking me and not Jared, because if you were to ask Jared, he would have said Gardner Minshew. And Gardner Minshew probably is the more funny character. Uh, you could probably draw him more based off of memory than you could Jeremy Lin. But Lynn Sanity was by far a bigger craze. Uh, Jeremy Lynn was like hitting game winners in Madison Square Garden. He was waving off Carmelo for shots. And uh, <laughs> if you still go into Nike outlets today, you can find a Lynn Sanity shirt somewhere. So I would say Lynn Sanity was one of the bigger ones. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in total agreement on this one. I was going to drag Jared, but 
Oh my Wyatt beat me to the punch as well. <laughs> I want to throw a couple numbers out there. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> just to prove this. The the market cap of the NFL oh, company. What? <laughs> Holy crap. I was not expecting that. Sorry. <laughs> Rose by $250 million during the month of Linsanity. Wow. Think about how much money that is. Just from that. Um, how much uh, let's play a little game how much do we think jersey sales on the Knicks online website rose during that month from January 2012 to February 2012 do you mean like by, by volume or by like multiplier by volume uh, oh I mean, just, I oh no sorry no no by well, multiplier by multiplier I, I, I don't sorry. know how many they normally sell okay I'm no. gonna say they, they tripled yeah, so like yeah, yeah. It, it went up by 3000% Whoa. And that is not an exaggeration. By up by three thousand percent during the month of Linsanity. <laughs> so like I don't know, maybe January twenty twelve was just like a bad month or whatever, and then February was Linsanity. But there's no way Gardner Minshew even comes close to that cultural yeah. impact ever. Uh, yeah. So it's not close. It's Linsanity. I remember every day, like freshman year of high school, like people talking about it. Yeah. When is the last time I ever talked to Gardner talked about Gardner Minshew outside the context of this podcast? Never. <laughs> so like, <laughs> now that one surprises me. Um, all right, next up, let me throw it to you, Aiden. What was the bigger betrayal, Durant to the Warriors or LeBron to the Heat? Mm. Yeah, it's got to be LeBron, just because of the hometown element. You know, the Akron boy. Uh, you know, like born and raised also the pomp and circumstance surrounding it with the the tv announcement which whoever thought that was a good idea i'm not sure who was advising lebron at the time but yeah not not great optics on that yeah (laughs) it was fun just not for an entire city yeah yeah that's true that's that's yeah that's something at least (laughs) but it all just felt like a villain origin story though um which obviously lebron redeemed himself later on um, but, but Katie's was just kind of lame. I don't know. It's hard. like, I, obviously I don't live in OKC in case y'all were wondering, but I like, it was like, he just left for a team with the most win who had just set like an NBA record essentially for the most wins in the season. Just stank of desperation as opposed to like straight up like villainy or betrayal. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that the Durant uh, going to the Warriors is something that a lot of modern NBA fans aren't going to be able to get over for a while. But just like you said, given the spectacle of the whole LeBron James, the decision show, it's by far the biggest betrayal. And like you said, like there was the decision and he's an Akron kid. He's the chosen one. He was a number one (laughs) overall pick. And then he was like supposed to win a finals for them. And I don't think that his... His decision was far more valid in my mind than what than Durant's was, yeah. but yeah. just given the whole the, everything that goes along with LeBron James outside of a solid basketball decision, um, mm-hmm. I he definitely if you if you lived in Cleveland you were in tears that day that's for sure. <laughs> you were burning a jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around the fact that Bill burns the jerseys. Well, <laughs> if they had just waited four years, like exactly. They used it again. <laughs> <laughs> another one. Really yeah. <laughs> that was probably great for the Cavs. Yeah, for their I don't know, like merchandise sales. Anyway. For their market cap. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. All right. Next up, uh, Lucas. 
Tell me, what did you what do you think was the bigger individual moment? Tiger winning the Masters or LeBron coming back from three one in the finals? Alright, so listen, I, I love LeBron and I feel like I offer that qualifier before I drag him like all the time, but I do. <laughs> I do love LeBron. Bringing a title to his hometown was unquestionably awesome. One of the greatest moments of the past decade. That being said, I think the answer is Tiger. Um, I think at that, like, at least five or six years ago, I, along with everybody else, had sort of written Tiger off. Like, he would never really do anything again. He hadn't won a major in 11 years. He was injury-ravaged. His whole personal life had collapsed, and he just hadn't played well. And amidst all that, he came back and won. While LeBron winning a title for his hometown is awesome, and the 3-1 <laughs> comeback is awesome, I don't think LeBron was ever really down and out in basketball, mm-hmm. and Tiger really was. So I think him coming back and then winning the Masters two years ago, I guess, at this point, the um, was very impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with that one. We're going to get our first dissent of the day, because I actually <gasps> think it's LeBron. And I do think it's kind of funnily phrased, because like basketball is a team game, so how is it an, an individual moment? But I don't care, because <laughs> LeBron, LeBron literally, he was the Cavs team, like, you look at his numbers, it was, it was insane how much he carried them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Lucas kind of alluded to this, but I just think the fact that he was finally giving Cleveland that championship, the fact that they were down 3-1 to the, like, the best regular season team in NBA history and the fact that they still pulled it off, it was like it must have been the most cathartic and awesome feeling for all of Cleveland and Cleveland fans. Whereas I don't think – like, Tiger had already won so many times before. LeBron was on the brink of being 2-4, and four, I think, in the finals if he had lost. I just think LeBron's win was a little more, uh, I don't know, memorable maybe. Anyways, next up, uh, we've, we've talked about this, I think, once before, but let's, yeah. let's get into a little bit more detail here. Aiden, let me start with you. What do you think is the more pressure-packed situation, leading the Masters to start Sunday or kicking a 50-plus game-winning field goal, 50-plus yard a game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl? It's it's the field goal, and I don't think it's close. I just, <laughs> and I, I've said this before in the podcast. Um, I think the stakes involving like a game-winning field goal. If you don't make that, you're getting death threats. Like it's people are awful and care a lot about Bam or whatever, you know, or I guess this is the Super Bowl. They care a lot about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or whatever. Um, whereas like. <laughs> I guess individual golfers have fan bases, like, you know, Tiger Woods does. I'm sure Hideki Matsuyama had a pretty big following back back home. Um, but, like, I don't think it compares to a team's fan base. Like, I've never heard about a golfer getting death threats. So, like, I, I, I think it's, I don't think the Masters one is close. You're letting yourself down, but you're not letting, like, a whole lot of other people down. Mm. I disagree. I dissented mm. dissent on this one as mm-hmm. well. I, I, I'm not going too far in depth, but I think the leading the Masters golf is such a mental game already, and it's like mm. sustained pressure throughout like a three-hour round. Where the field goal, mm. it, like, I get what you're saying, but the pre- in the moment you're not really thinking about like I'm gonna get death threats if I miss this. I don't think. So that pressure is only for like five minutes. You probably really. shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be. Where the Masters is like pressure over three, and it's like it's all. I don't know. It's all on you where like the field goal, you can be like, well, yeah. they never should have put the kicker in that situation, all that stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have to go That's masters fair. on that. <clears throat> I, I like your rationale too though. Hayden. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In this episode, Jared welcomes death threats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Last but not least, what was the bigger cheating story Deflategate or the Astros scandal? I'll start with myself. I think it's gotta be the Astros scandal. What? Primarily. I mean, Deflategate, mm. 
like looking back, apparently it was not really that much of a thing. Like they're still not really certain what actually mm -hmm. happened and how much happened. So I think that's one thing. And then the Astros scandal, I mean, it was like clear as day. It seems like the punishment was more severe on the Astros than it was on the Pats. Uh, and mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just think the Pats were already kind of villainous. This really made the Astros huge villains. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Astros scandal. Uh, what do you think, Jared? I went to Flakegate for me. Sent. I don't really get the. <laughs> Three straight. I get that the Astros <laughs> cheated, but like I don't know. In baseball, we've been stealing signs for like generations, and then I don't know. Like the line, I guess, is using a camera to steal signs, but it's kosher for a guy on second to steal the sign. I don't know. That's just kind of weird. I didn't really get the Astro, the severity of the Astro scandal, as much as other sports fans did. I think people just kind of like mm. to pile on that for sure. But uh, Deflategate. I kind of agree with you, Bart. It's also not that big of a deal for me either. Uh, I'm still going to say that, though, because the Patriots, because the Patriots were more of a villain at the time, I think it's a bigger cheating story for me. Mm. But I don't, know, I don't really think both are that, like, dramatic personally. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it would have been really funny if the Astros won in that the follow-up World Series that they reached. <laughs> would have completed, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on to some NBA talk. Uh, some episodes ago, Aiden mentioned that Carmelo Anthony has only won three playoff series in his NBA career. So we've had this one on the back burner for a while, and we're going to get around to it now. Uh, for what it's worth, right now the Blazers are currently sixth in the West. So, Lucas, let me throw it to you. Knowing what he's done in his career, is Carmelo the most overrated superstar of the modern era? I know the question wasn't phrased this way, but I'm going to slightly cash this take. Um, I think a lot, a lot of the hype around him comes from like him like winning the title with Syracuse and taking them to their first title and like being dominant in that, and then coming out in that like incredible draft class with all those other superstars, and him just sort of getting like lumped in with like LeBron and Wade and all those guys. Um, and I just don't think he's ever been on that sort of level. Uh, so I've come with numbers again today uh, to this the segment. Cap. Some market cap. <laughs> Specifically the Denver Nuggets market cap. No. Um, first, let's look at win share. Um, you know, not a perfect stat, another advanced stat, but he ranks 76th all-time in win share below guys like LaMarcus Aldridge. His closest contemporaries in terms of win share in that category are Andre Iguodala, Kyle Lowry, and what Russell Westbrook. All good players, but... Aside from Russ, I don't think any of them could even have an argument to be a superstar. If you look at PER, which I know we've beefed about before, and it is, again, not perfect, but he's about equivalent to Paul George, who, again, good player, not all-timer. Some less advanced stats. His all-time field goal percentage, around 44%, is good, but it puts him, again, below contemporaries at the same position, guys like Kawhi, LeBron, and, again, is pretty comparable to Paul George, who is, again, not an all-timer. And there isn't much more to his game than scoring. He averages six rebounds, less than three assists per game in his career. Um, he's only won one scoring title, uh, which is impressive, but it doesn't put him in like an all-time elite category to just win one scoring title. Like, um, I think that he's a great iso ball scorer, but he isn't a superstar really an all-timer because in addition to his stats being like good but not great and consistently good, like I, I think he's a, a, was a good NBA player. Um, I think he gets very overrated um, constantly, and I think that shows based on the context that we brought this up in initially, which is that like great players can drag teams to success. He has never even like gotten them further than like a foot from the start line. Like if he were truly a good, pl a great player, 
and a superstar, he could have gotten a team to at least, like, you know, conference finals, NBA finals. He's never done that. So. I agree. Well, yeah. I agree that he's hugely, hugely overrated. Uh, maybe I could be convinced that someone else is even more overrated. Uh, I don't know. Like, Kobe comes to mind. What? <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm kidding. Shots. Uh, only, only half, though. <laughs> No, I, it's, it's a, that's a, maybe we can talk about that after, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. I wanted to follow up on the, the, uh, wind share thing. Cause I also saw, I saw a funny stat that like, if you look at wind shares per 48 minutes, which is maybe a better way to do it. Cause of like how often people play and whatnot, he's actually worse than guys like Ursan Ilarsova and Taj Gibson. I saw this in the really? which is like <laughs> no. two randos that you don't even think about. So yeah, like his is at 0.12 Kevin Durant as a reference of someone who's like a conventional, like score only is that like 0.21 or something like that it's almost twice mm-hmm. as much so yeah and then yeah i just i agree lucas he i think there's something like really enamoring that people find in um people who are in players who are like scores only or yeah. like iso mm-hmm. ball or volume shooters or something like that. and it's really easy to find yourself liking them for some reason when in reality you look at the numbers and it's like oh he's not inefficient he doesn't do much else why do we actually like this player so much? I think Carmelo is a great example of that. AI also is something yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's also interesting because his, like, breed of volume scoring, which is, I guess, a lot of the breeds of volume scoring, was, like, kind of, like, mid-range jumpers and, like, stuff like that, which is, are, like, really going out at this point. As both of you mentioned, like, big iso ball guy, also a thing that I feel like is less common at this point. So, like, I think those are viewed as, you know, like relics of a, of a past generation or not the most efficient way to play basketball. So even if he was a scorer, like, I feel like it kind of calls into question if, yeah, he was, like, it was worth him taking that many shots if he wasn't going to be that efficient about it. Yeah. I almost feel like, too, in terms of him being overrated, it was like, sort of like a, like you were alluding to, Bart, like a fan-led thing, because he made, like, 10 all-star teams i want to say but he never made an nba first team i think he made second team like twice i had it pulled up here yeah twice yeah twice all nba second team he never made a first team but 10 time nba all-star so there probably is something to be said for like he was very popular i guess among the fans or however that vote went but then when it really came down to like is he one of the best players in the nba he never was really put in that category so yeah maybe he's rated appropriately i don't know yeah. And I guess also like on that point, like he'd be if he's like at the small forward position is probably where he would have been voted on. Yeah, he did have right. to deal with LeBron there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um But you gotta be LeBron guess, like, out probably one year. Yeah, yeah, to be considered yeah. a so yeah. yeah. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. No, I'll I'll circle back to this too. I think a lot of it comes down to like the narrative of like people wanting to like lionized that like 2003 draft class is being just like mm-hmm. the best of all time and producing so many superstars and like lebron d wade yeah <laughs> people forget that <laughs> the first pick in that draft after lebron was darko milicic the the pistons really whiffed on that one because after that it was carmelo bosch uh dwayne wade chris Kamen. not bad quick aside but, like, people say that was the perfect pick because they ended up winning the finals the next year and people say mm-hmm. it's because darko was just a rookie who wasn't asked to do anything and he was just able to sit there Oh, that's a good point. What? You don't know if they had... If that's they a had good as, point. Yeah, I don't know if there's any merit to that. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it's, like, narrative. We talk about narrative a lot with, with, like, NFL MVP and, like, other sorts of things. But I think, like, here's another example of just, like, like the 2003 draft class, all the superstars. And then it was just, like, 
Carmelo was a good NBA player, but he wasn't at the level of other guys in that class. So is anyone saying that he's not a Hall of Famer? That might be quite a leap, but I'm asking. Mm. I have to look at like who the bottom of the Hall of Fame is. I, mm. I'm not. I'm not sure on that. On the he's probably better than the bottom of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what and he'll probably get in. Right? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like he probably would. <clears throat> but if you were a voter, would you vote for Carmelo Anthony? Jared? No, I I would be strict on all the on all the <laughs> Hall of Fames. Kong Cowder said this, you know, and I don't I hate to agree with him sometimes, but you can I feel like the Hall of Fames or like a lot of groups are judged by like the wor- the weakest link kind yeah. of of like who who was able to get in still. Like that's how country clubs are, you know, that's why country clubs are exclusive. They don't want like one person being like a jerk and like wearing the wrong clothes or whatever at the country club taints the whole legacy. And like in the same way the Hall of Fame it's not that special if uh, the, if your lowest guys that got in aren't really that good, then the Hall of Fame's not as special. It's not really judged on like the top; it's judged on the bottom. So I would be strict and say no. Unfortunately, yeah. not to like take anything away from him, you know, obviously, but yeah, not a Hall yeah, of Famer. It does feel like a bit contradictory to like say that he's not a superstar and was never a superstar which is what i'm saying which is what i think most of us are saying and say that he's a hall of famer because i feel like my expectation i guess is that a hall of famer should have been a superstar at some point but i guess a lot of times the hall of fame just rewards like consistent like consistently being good or consistently like being a big deal which i mean he was he averaged you know 20 plus points for probably like 15 years or so and he is a 10-time all-star so it's hard to, yeah, I, I think I think I probably would vote for him. But yeah, I think the question really is how much weight do all-star picks get? Because yeah. now, yeah. especially being like, that's yeah, I don't know. That's ten, ten is a lot, yeah. I think. Ten is a yeah, lot, is yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, though, Wyatt. Uh, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's move on, and with the with the playoffs uh, approaching quickly, we wanted to do some picks of who will be making it, who won't be, yada yada yada, before uh, seating gets finalized. So let me start with you, Jared. Let's talk about the East first. Who do you think is going to finish as the East's number one seed? Sorry, Lucas, but it's the Brooklyn Nets. I know they lost tonight uh, to the Sixers. But I think they have too much talent not to be. They still haven't really had all three of them back. Like, injuries worry me. Like, right as KD got back, James Harden got hurt, I think, for a little bit. And KD didn't even play tonight, so, like, I don't know how much stock I put. I mean, it's a win's a win, but, like, I still think the Brooklyn Nets overall are the most talented team and that they'll get there. Especially, I mean, most of the season, like I said, they've been doing it with two of their three superstars. If they can get all three of them back for like the last couple weeks of the season, I, I think they I think they make the push to be the number one seed. So that's who I'm picking is the Nets. Bart, what do you think? I I'm gonna have to disagree. Whoa. I, I actually <laughs> <laughs> I want us to call out dissent every time it happens. <laughs> uh, I was literally waiting to hear what Jared would say, and I was I just I'm saying something else. Um, no, I actually, I had the Sixers written in even before they won today. Today's win makes me even more confident in this. I know what you're saying about the, the, the stars of the Nets need to play together, and then we'll see. 
But I do think that, like, Embiid is back now. I think they've been really good since he's gotten back. I trust that they will be more consistent down the stretch than the Nets will be. Because, like, who knows when Harden will get back. Kyrie's doing his weird thing. When he, like, he's just, like, taking games off here and there. Uh, <laughs> and also, the, the um, Sixers have a easier strength of schedule going down the stretch than the Nets do, apparently. So I think that also bodes well. I do think it'll be close. But I'm willing to book it. I'm, I'm going to sit right here and, and book it. The Sixers will finish as the first seed, and awesome. the Nets will be second. I, oh. Yeah, I don't think anybody else has even a realistic chance at two. So, yeah. Bucks, potentially, I think. The uh, city of Philadelphia thanks you, Bart. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I, will, I will not be thinking that if I have to, you know, <laughs> uh, if I have my words in my mouth uh, a few weeks from now. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, and Kevin Durant, scared of the Sixers, just sat for... They didn't even give a fake reason yeah, tonight. Yeah, he, tonight was, was just a rest night for him. <laughs> so, oh. Okay. Well, that's the East. Now, what about the West? Back to you, Jared. First seed in the West. Yeah, so I, I went with like kind of the boring pick, I guess. I think it's the Jazz. Boo. I know the Suns are sort of the, <laughs> the hot pick right now. Hey. But I think the Jazz are a better team overall, and they've sat up there at the top longer to where it's like it's not a fluke. Where you know, not saying the Suns are a fluke, but like they they're kind of, they could just be kind of streaking right now a little bit. So, um, I'm gonna go with the Jazz. All right, get ready to say the word because I disagree with Jerry. Descent. Descent. <laughs> because I actually did pick the hot team, the Phoenix Suns, and MVP leading candidate in my mind, Chris Paul. Uh, they're only two games behind the Jazz right now, and I sense that they're playing for more than just a playoff spot or seating. They're playing for pride and respect. So they're not just trying to win games. Like if if the uh, Utah Jazz start to to sit players towards the start of the playoffs, I think that the Phoenix Suns might go. You know what? We actually have a shot to go from outside of the team, outside of the bubble, to number one team in the West, and they're gonna go for it. And I also think it's a good thing for uh, Chris Paul's legacy because it'll kickstart his Hell's Kitchen NBA style, where he just bounces around teams and reinvents their entire locker room. <laughs> So I think that the the Suns would be the pick for that. Chris Paul's effect on teams has been crazy. Yeah, yeah, really has been. Yeah, everywhere. Two down, um, thirty to go, or how many go? How many is there? Twenty-eight to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay. Anyways, um, okay. So now let's look at the bottom of the barrel. Well, not quite. The bottom of the playoff barrel. Uh, going back to the East, Lucas, let me start with you. Who do you think will be successfully played in for the seven and eight seeds in the East? I think it's a nightmare to predict the East because it's so congested. I don't even know who's going to like be in the play-in. But I think I'll book it. I'll, I'll book it right now that the seven seed will be the Charlotte Hornets and the eight seed will be the New York Knicks. Yeah. So... For the context of this, I think uh, that the six auto qualifiers will be the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Celtics in that order. Mm-hmm. And the four play-ins will then be the Hornets, Knicks, Pacers, and Bulls. The mm-hmm. Bulls are auto out because they are not a good team. The Hornets, <laughs> I think, are the best of those teams. Um, so I think that they get the seventh seed. And if you put it then between the Knicks and the Pacers, the Knicks play good defense. Julius Randle is better than anybody on the Pacers, except maybe Sabonis, but I think it's cool. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I think I go with the Knicks then. Give them the edge. Put them in at eight. Yeah, tragically, I'm not going to dissent with you, Lucas. Um, I, I know, I know. I, I hate to let the, the whole team down. Um, but yeah, I have the Hornets at seven, the Knicks at eight. Um, I think the top six teams in the um, in the East – 
I'm pretty confident that that'll stay in some order. Um, I think the Heat have been heating up a little bit, um, and the Celtics have been as well, um, even though they were both kind of in the 7-8 mix for a while. Um, so I think I think they'll be a cut above the Hornets in the Knicks. Um, and I agree, Bulls just not not even worthy of being yeah mentioned in the same sentence as playoffs. Um, <laughs> and the Pacers, Knicks, like I feel like that'll that'll be interesting. Um, but the Pacers are one and two against the Knicks this year. I think the Knicks have something to prove. Um, and I gotta gotta go with the Homer pick. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be Hornets seven, Knicks eight. Dude, I don't know. I guess I'm just not on up to speed on the Bulls. I feel like this this Bulls slander happening right now, but I just need to like bro. They're a team they're, with, they're, with two stars, the... Levine and Vucevic. I know they haven't been good since they traded for Vucevic, but I don't care. In a playoff <laughs> game, anything can happen. Yeah. They lost the, to the Wolves. But, but so, like, there's no way like... a good team can lose to the Wolves. <laughs> and which can beat anybody yeah. any day, you know, if they have all their starters. <laughs> Won't they have to win two games though, right, as part yeah, of the play-in yeah. thing? Like. Uh, I feel like that's that's pretty for a team that's twenty two and thirty one. I don't know. Yeah, them winning two consecutive games is that you would bet against <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> is uh okay? Isn't is Lamelo out for the season? Yeah, he is. Okay, so you're telling me that okay. Anyways, yeah. we we can we can yeah. drill into this once that happens. Uh, let's Hayward. go over to the West. Uh, seven, eight seeds in the West. Why? What do you got? So I know this is an orthodox, but I'm actually the answer to the last question real quick. Um, <laughs> the real answer is who cares? Because the bottom of the East is hot garbage. So it doesn't matter. Also true. Uh, but the West, as far as the West goes, I think the spots go to the Grizzlies and the Warriors. And you can book me on that one. Uh, the Mavericks have underachieved this entire year. And I think they just need to reset their brains. Um, Mark Cuban and Luca are not happy about the play-in tournament. They go into the play-in tournament, they might not be too excited about being there. So I think that the Warriors might have a chance to steal that away. Uh, I think it's time for the Grizzlies and John Morant to get their uh, spotlight in the playoffs. And Steph might have one more 50-point game in him before the end of the year, and it'd be a good time to <laughs> offload it uh, sometime during the play-in tournament. So Grizzlies, Warriors. Offload it. I like that. I like that uh, verb choice. <laughs> Offload. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I dissent on one dissent. of the two. <laughs> um, so I agree about the Warriors, but I'm going to go Spurs and Warriors. Oh. I think the top Ooh. 10 is pretty solid at this point. Um, top uh, 10 stays exactly the same in the order, um, in a close enough order it is now. I think there's going to be some mix up 7 to 10, but I think top 6 stays Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, Blazers. Play in tournament stays the same, but in a slightly different order. Um, I think it's gonna. I think the Spurs are gonna move up to the uh, to the eight. Grizzlies are gonna, or I don't know, whatever. Those are the four teams that are gonna be in it. I had this in my head before, and I think I think the Mavs won't make it because uh, why? Allude to this to the mental aspect of it. Um, in addition to what he said, well, Luke is a great player. I don't think he's a guy who is a leader at this point and has the grit and determination to sort of mm. make it out of one of these series. I was watching him against the Sixers the other night and the commenters um, mentioned this too. And so this is not an original thought, but it's, it's relevant. Um, there were a few times where he like would miss a shot and then just like not hustle down back to the floor and the Sixers would get easy baskets mm. on the other end. And I think that that's like indicative of a greater mm. attitude. Like if there was one point two. um, he missed a three, got the rebound, and airballed the second three, and he just like did not hustle for the next two or three minutes. Like, and I just think that that will not be good. It, and like in a March Madness style tournament, you need to be like 
with it mentally at all times. Like you yeah. can't slip up. And I think that that indicates that uh, they're going to slip up. So then it comes down to the Grizzlies, Spurs, Warriors. I think the Warriors will make it. Um, they're actually pretty good when Steph plays. When Steph doesn't play, they're awful. But when Steph does play, their record is decent. Um, so I think that they'll get in barring Steph getting hurt. Um, and then between the Spurs and the Grizzlies, I think I I trust in Pop. I think he has enough coaching experience to drop a good game plan to get them through. So going Spurs, going Warriors. Barring descent and kosher, the three big the the big word count is up to three so far. So <laughs> keeping track at home. I am. Uh, Lucas, was that one booked as well, or yeah, sure. I'll book it. Oh, oh okay. Okay. I mean, there's no downside to booking it at this point. Like, <laughs> what do I lose? <laughs> okay. uh, all right, we need, we need to make a we need to make a downside for wrong bookers. That's true. That's true. You're right. I'll get a tattoo. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, last but not least, let's talk about the biggest dark horse to potentially upset a quote-unquote contender early on in the playoffs. Let's start with you, Aiden. Um, I think the Celtics, and I guess it depends what your view of contender is, but I, I would consider the Bucks a contender still. Um, I think they're still a good team. Um, and I think if the it seems very possible that the Celtics will play the Bucks first round um, and the Celtics are 2-1 against the Bucks this year, I think the Celtics are heating up. Obviously, they have a lot of talent. Um, they've won five of their last six, so I could see them taking out the Bucks early and really just making Giannis miserable. There you go. What do you think, Bart? Yeah, so I, I agree. And I, 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 one question I have is whether the Heat count as a quote-unquote dark horse, <laughs> given that they were in the finals last year. I do think if they played the Bucks I think they early do. on, yeah. they also would yeah. be a viable candidate. Yeah. Uh, and then I also thought maybe in the West... So I may, I guess I'm higher on the Mavs and Luka than you guys are because I thought maybe they could be. I think it, it, you. I look at players who might go supernova. So like I think Luka mm-hmm. c- could and Dame on the Blazers I think could also potentially yeah. lead an upset of. Uh, yeah, I mean honestly, who really knows with the Jazz and the Suns what's going to happen? And Warriors we've talked about if Steph goes supernova maybe they can pull something off. I think they're all potentially reasonable answers. Yeah. Uh, okay. With that, let's hop on over to the other favorite sport of ours, regular football, as I like to say, (laughs) NFL. Uh, And let's start talking about some injuries. Um, There were a number of relevant injuries that happened this past season. Uh, It's workout video season now. So let's debate. Wyatt, let's start with you. Who do you think is going to have the best major injury comeback this upcoming season? Uh, by the way, this is a completely random thought because I just uh, when you mentioned the workout videos again, if I were an NFL player, I would have a week's worth of stupid workouts where I'm doing just like crazy stuff, and I would just randomly post them once a month throughout the summer, you know, two times a month throughout the summer. So everyone would be like, "Man, Wyatt's on this crazy workout program," but you know, like I'm doing like squats, cleans, deadlifts every other day, but once you know, once a month, I'm doing like. Ban- hanging upside down banded push-ups and people are like this guy's crazy why so. the internet's scary i feel like they can figure out like oh the lighting on that day yeah. that Obviously, there's no yeah. way that was it yeah i have to i'd have to bring in a whole team for it but the the question at hand who's the greatest comeback is a rhetorical question because there's only one answer it's saquon barkley uh, he didn't get to reap the benefits of a slightly improved Giants team last year because he went out so early but i do believe they're coming into 2021 with a different mindset this offense is poised to be far more explosive uh, next year. They got Kenny Galladay. I think they're going to add talent in the draft, whether that is an, on the offensive line or on the perimeter, uh, wide, wide, wide receiver. 
hopefully Devontae Smith. But Quan, uh, friends and family, Quan is going to be a key piece <laughs> rather than the focal point of the Giants' offense next year. So he doesn't have to be the guy. He's just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And he's going to put up numbers next year. <laughs> Plus, there, we're, we're going to have a top eight defense. Bart, that, one, that one's for you. Top eight defense. Um, Love it. You're wrong. So we're gonna keep so we're gonna keep, uh, so we're gonna keep uh, our guys off the field, our offense off the field as much. So we're good. I uh, I agree with uh, Wyatt. Uh, I was gonna say there's Saquon or Christian McCaffrey, but I do want to say that before we go uh, into anything else, that we can all agree that it will not be Dak Prescott. What? Yeah, absolutely. What do you mean? There's we no can. way. There's no way. There's no way. It is, is unanimous. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> No dissent. Well, well, yeah. well, that's gonna end the episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Dak has a reasonable shot. Yeah, are you kidding me? Dak has yeah, the best he shot. He's a quarterback Dak first off. He's a quarterback first off. He was they, he was humming. Team. He was humming last year before he got humming. hurt, dude. They're gonna be they're gonna be all three games. One and three. Not a big enough sample yeah. size. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm t- his his individual stats. They're gonna have improved defense, improved offensive line. That improved was hurt. In what way? Improved Jared. offensive line that was hurt. They're gonna they're gonna give up less points. And Dax. Jared's just more. saying things that sound good. <laughs> no. Point. There's like no basis for them. <laughs> he just got paid, so he's got some peace of mind. He can relax a little bit. But he's easily the comeback player of the year award. Winner, I can already, I can already, I'm booking that actually. We don't, okay. I'm booking don't, that Dak Prescott will be the comeback. I don't want to get year. into a Cowboys discussion, but their defense is not going to be any better next year, Jared. Yes, it so, is. No, it's they not. Dang, Dude, if, it's, if it's if it's worse, then the quarterback throws more. Dan Quinn blew. Dan Quinn blew one of the biggest leads <laughs> in the Super Bowl as a defensive guru. And I just want to point out, if it weren't for the Cowboys last year and the Seahawks in the first half of the season, the Atlanta Falcons would have had one of the worst statistical defenses in NFL history. So I don't know where you're getting this basis that Dan Quinn is like this defensive guy who's going to turn around. Seattle, last time he's a coordinator, look at what he did. Come on, Wyatt. But he was the head coach in Atlanta, Jared. Yeah, and I'm talking and about now terrible. he's and now he's just a coordinator. He's not a head coach anymore. And he doesn't have to worry about all that stuff. They're, you're you're it's based off of nothing. I don't think Dak. <laughs> I mean, maybe Dak Prescott will put up a lot of numbers, but I mean, I think the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are going to spend as much of the year as possible trying to figure out how they can still go eight and eight in a 17 mm-hmm. game season. So, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> eight eight and one. That's yeah, what I'm that's what we're <laughs> gonna do. Why? COVID will somehow cancel a game. Why they're going to move up and get Kyle Pitts yeah. and then look at them. <laughs> Four, five, they, a thousand yard receivers. Yeah, they're gonna have four, a thousand, four, one thousand yard receivers. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to book, Jared, if you're gonna book the comeback player of the year, do you want to just book it right now that they have three thousand yard receivers again? No, I'm not booking. That. Okay. It's a, cro- it's a crowded. No, it's lesson. a crowded wide receiver core. They were on. They were now gonna do crowded. it last year. But last they year, they were gonna do it last year. You believe? Oh, man. Okay, hold on. I want to play devil's advocate for a second on Saquon because of a couple things that you Wyatt said. You can't. I can. So I just thought I, I, it seems counterintuitive to me because if you say that their defense is better and will keep them off the field and you say that Saquon will no longer be the focal point of the offense, basically what I'm saying is I think Christian McCaffrey has a better argument than Saquon. Yeah, exactly I, agree. I agree. I think Christian McCaffrey is still the Panthers' like go-to guy. They still don't have a good quarterback. I don't know what their defense is still at this point. I, used to, I like he was a mon- he was having a monstrous season in yeah. like 2018-19 before he got hurt. I know it was only I think like 3 games. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be very close to that and if you if what you're saying is true about Saquon, okay, he will be falling off a little bit. Let me let me say yeah. this. 
They don't have we, they with if the Giants are better offensively on the perimeter with Kenny Galladay and let's say Devontae Smith, they don't have mm-hmm. to or they can't just load the box and be like we have to stop Saquon. So he gets to they we have a good passing game going, feed it to Saquon. If we have a top eight defense, we're not playing from behind as much anymore. So now that way we could just run at the clock. And but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is is that they don't have to run Saquon into the ground through the A gap and then he bounces outside and he scrambles and he gets two yards. Like he actually will get some real yardage. He'll actually get some real touchdowns. He'll actually be able to play football like our actual running back does. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is a great pick, but I think Saquon has the same skill set as Christian McCaffrey does. And given that he has not exactly been on a great team, it'll look even greater going into next year. Just a little nost, your devil's advocate right there. Or it's failed descent. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, Bart, so I threw a top eight out for you. How are, how are you gonna <laughs> disagree? I, I really, really do appreciate that. Yeah. All right, and now let's wrap up our NFL talk by discussing our. We got to choose NFL superlatives. Uh, we, we did this sort of with uh, NBA Midseason Awards a few episodes ago, so now we're going to carry it on over to the NFL. Wyatt, let me start with you. What is your NFL superlative for this season? Uh, I'm going with most disappointing player of the year, and it's it's actually Saquon Barkley. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going surprise players on the trade block this year. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have two. Can I, I actually, does anyone t- want to throw out any guesses real quick? Are they quarterbacks or uh, o- Odell? Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Oh, surprise! Surprise plays. Aaron Rodgers is in the rumor mill. Teddy Bridgewater is in the rumor mill. Deshaun Watson's in the rumor mill. Think of somebody you haven't heard talk about yet. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Cousins and Julio Jones. I think there's a chance that both teams could find themselves at like one and four to start the season, and if things aren't really looking great. <laughs> Next year, they could just look to pivot and rebuild. Um, I think, Bart, you also said that the Vikings head coach is uh, on your hot seat. We did it like a, a week ago or two weeks ago. So if they're looking to fire him, maybe like it's not looking good, they could just learn to or look to move on from Kirk Cousins. And same with Julio Jones. It's like you're going to have to – he either goes out like Calvin Johnson or you get a little bit of value for him and you trade him to, I don't know, Green Bay as somebody will – once cry for when it when it actually comes around for it, but um, those are my two surprise players on the trade block. Hmm. Thoughts, comments, yeah. concerns. Yeah. I can see it. I can see that both yeah, of those happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh, so not surprising. <laughs> no, not I had thought about them, but, but yeah, yeah, I think they. Yeah, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, surprising but plausible. It. Yeah. yeah, surprising but plausible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Lucas. What about you? I'm going most likely to regress or team most likely to regret to have the most regression or regress the most this year. And I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. No, there's some basis for it. It's not emotion. You know, we, we have stats today as, as we've discussed, um, not that many for this one, but uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a year of mean reversion for the Colts. They were good, but not truly elite at anything last year. 10th best offense, eighth best defense, both good, but not elite. Um, 
I can see them sliding off. I think that their offense especially was helped by the leadership of Philip Rivers, somebody who had like been there, done that before, and you slide in Carson Wentz into that situation, it all falls apart. Um, I think he's a huge downgrade. It'll show. I'll book it. They're no better than seven and nine this year. The Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Seven and lots of bookings. Nice. Wow. Um, They're no better than seven and nine. Do you want no to better. just pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl now too? While you're at it, no, the, <laughs> the, the Eagles are going to be like two and fourteen this year, like at best. Yeah. I do want to. The the Colts did lose Nick Sirianni, so there's a chance yeah, that they, they they go underneath seven and nine for sure wait so they are they they're playing 17 games next year though right yes oh you're right so seven and seven, ten they'll do seven i thought and we're ten, doing yeah. like an over under thing where okay you know i'll set the over under yeah seven and a half wins whatever yeah seven and a half wins i'll go under seven and a half okay wins. okay cool okay mine yeah, mine I can already – I feel like I'm going to get a lot of pushback but on this. I think surprising coach on the hot seat, maybe not that surprising, is going to be Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan. He has a losing record as a head coach, first off. If he, if they actually are thinking Mac Jones and they go <clears throat> Mac Jones, it's the Mitch Trubisky situation. And he's going to – by the end of that season, but certainly by the end of the second season with Mac Jones, they're going to be calling for his job, I think. I, I know he's kind of coasting off this, like – offensive guru and like yeah he went to the super bowl and everything but i think he could you could see him on the hot seat pretty quickly depending on how the season goes and if they draft mac jones even if mac jones doesn't play like if you draft justin fields and it doesn't work out it's like okay who i in my opinion who saw that coming but if you get if you if you draft mac jones trade up to draft mac jones it's it's like it's the mitch trubisky situation and then all of a sudden like a year later you're like fighting for your job i don't know i don't like it I'm worried about him. <laughs> You're worried about him? It keeps, Jared, it keeps Jared up at night. Just to think about <laughs> Jared, I, I want to ask. This is not a surprise. Do you think Mike McCarthy has any chance of being in the hot seat this year? Yes. Or will you just throw it out there? Okay. Yeah, he has a chance. All right, I just want to make sure. <laughs> How could a coach with 4,000 yard receivers? Yeah, exactly. That's true. How could a and the comeback play of the year? How could a coach that smashes watermelons for motivation? How could I heard he's expanding this year to cantaloupes and yeah. all that things. It's gonna be a wild year. Anyway, I have another pick when we get back to the top. By the way, I just thought it was <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to say like most disappointing rookie and say Trevor Lawrence because he's going to go to the Jags and he's going to be awful probably. But my serious answer is the player who will probably benefit the most from like this having a full off season, just having this off season happen with signings and whatnot. Is that fit on a plaque? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit verbose. <laughs> I, I can make it longer for you. <laughs> no, it's a big I, plaque. Um, I'm actually going to go with, yeah, I'm going to say Baker. I think Baker is going to gain even more. Like, he's going to jump even further towards the tier of elite quarterbacks. I don't know if he'll quite get there, but I think having, like, the Browns have been making a lot of signings. They boosted their defense. I don't know if you saw recently. They got Clowney to pair with Miles Garrett, which I think is great. Their offense is still really good. And most importantly, like I was saying, I think the offseason with Stefanski to really, like, work together and actually practice is going to be helpful. Um, seeing how it's not going to be a COVID season anymore. So I think Baker is going to have a really good season this year, and more people are going to realize that uh, maybe he's a better quarterback than they say. I like that. 
Sneak peek to my wish list. I have a Baker Mayfield thing in there on my wish list. Ooh. Also, Mark, do not jinx it that it will not be a COVID season next year. We are. Oh, I'm there's, act- not a there's actually. I don't. I would say that there's not a real sign that we're not going to be in a COVID season next year. I'm not sure. Football's around the corner sooner than we always think it is. Before we know, it's like, oh, it's it's Super Bowl, and uh, you know, <laughs> the inevitable passage of time yeah. as it flies on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Aiden, last but not least. Oh, I'm going with uh, toss the side. Yeah, oh, side. <laughs> <laughs> My category is toss the side QB with the best shot of turning it around, um, which we have a lot of options this year. So it's it's going to be a, a contentious race. We got Jared Goff. We got Sam Darnold. Andy Dalton, um, but I am going with Carson Wentz, Lucas. Oh, so wow. Stick it to Philly. I'm going to book that the Colts are over 500. Oh, um, and I think that's... <laughs> over seven and a half. You have to book over seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Let him do no. over 500. I want them to win eight yeah, games, eight, and yeah. neither of us can be <laughs> correct. Be wrong. <laughs> the most likely scenario. <laughs> But anyway, I think I think that whole passage of time thing is going to be good for Carson. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's you know he's he's got his favorite tutor and and Frank Reich back. Um, he's you know he's hit the Eagles offensive coordinator during Wentz's best years. Um, and honestly, he's just going to a team with like a much better offensive line, um, which I think will be good both for his body and for his psyche. Um, and I think Colts fans will be a bit more forgiving than Philly fans, and I think that applies to pretty much any fan base that there is. Um, but yeah, so so I believe in Carson. We will see. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there because I know we're not going to have a segment where we talk about a rush leader for going into next year, but I'm going to pick my rush leader right now because I just thought of it. Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Saquon. of the yeah. Indianapolis oh. Colts. Oh, okay. Are you booking it? Yes. Yes, you Jared. Yes, yes, Jared. Yes, spicy. you can book ninety-five percent of the things that I say on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want Jared to just set, like, 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 like a voice to text thing for Wyatt to just like record them during the episode. So we like <laughs> in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, All right. Let's wrap up today with some MLB talk. Uh, everybody's favorite team, the Houston Astros, is on the menu once again. <laughs> Uh, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Let's go in a little bit more deeply. So they have started off the season quite well. Jared has had us wondering, is perhaps there's some, something fishy going on again? Um, but I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. So Jared, let, let me start with this question. This season, supposing the Astros keep doing well, would a win, like a, a championship win this season, would that redeem the Houston Astros squad as we know it? Yeah, I think it would. I think it would redeem the team for most people. Obviously, there's going to be some people that are banging. I can already hear Wyatt in the background banging on the table right now saying no. Or a trash can. Banging a trash can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it would prove that like the talent on the team wasn't a fluke, especially after they finished under 500 last season. You know, I know it was a shortened season. But the year after they got, they got caught cheating and they go under 500, that's pretty sus. Obviously, they're like, okay, wow. <laughs> But, but you know, so they started off super hot. They've since lost, like, three in a row, and, like, they're about to get swept by the Tigers, who are terrible. Yeah. So, like, I don't know about the, the the athletics, I guess, were making them look really good, but 
I think it would redeem the team though, just to prove like that their talent was legit. It doesn't redeem their championship <laughs> from 2017. That still is tainted, has an asterisk, whatever you want to say, because like they can claim that they were good without cheating, but they did have to cheat to be the best. So I don't think like there still will always be kind of that asterisk I think on there for the 2017. And I know I said earlier that like. I don't really see it as that big of a deal, but like it, it, you know, it, it was against the rules. They had to cheat. Maybe it gave them a very slight edge, but that's what they did. And that's what, you know, they felt like they had to cheat or bend the rules at least to be the best. So I think that championship, yeah. that world series trophy, I guess you can't take it away from them or whatever they want to say. There is an asterisk on it, but it would redeem the squad. Cause like for the most part, the core is still there. I know they got rid of Springer and stuff like that, but they still got Altuve and uh, Correa. So I think it would redeem them. But I guess it's yet to be seen as they've kind of uh, come to a halt a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. the Astros were always talented, weren't they? Isn't that like one of the more jarring things about their cheating scandal is that they probably yeah. had the talent mm -hmm. to do it. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not a baseball guy. I I don't understand nor do I care about the unwritten rules that happen in baseball. Uh but here are my rules. They need at least one more season of ridicule before they can be redeemed in my eyes at any level. Uh they didn't get any ridicule last yeah. ridicule last year because they didn't have any mean? fans. So now everyone's getting a chance to boo them uh -oh. and then we get to kind of throw tomatoes on the stage or whatever. However you want to however you want to view it. And then next year they can go and win. They might as well just finish 500 this year or whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Astros to me are just like we got to wipe wipe the stink out of that that locker room because it's still sticking around. So I, they need one more year yeah. for me. Yeah, and I think the the tough thing about it also is that like this is like the last year that they're gonna have like their kind of squad together to some degree. I mean, they already lost Springer, as was mentioned. Um, they lost Garrett Cole two years ago and next season, next off season, Correa is a free agent. Um, there's been no like coming together in terms of talks between him and the Astros, uh, Verlander's free agent. Granke's a free agent. Lance McCullers is a free agent. They've got a bunch of guys going to market. So I like, I feel like the best days or at least this era of the Astros dominance is like kind of behind them. And so the next couple of years are going to be rough given that if they do lose a lot of their talent, and everyone still hates them. It's, yeah, not not gonna be a fun time. I actually yeah, have an easy it'll... solution. Oh, yeah. Real quick, sign everybody back except for Carrera, <laughs> and then you're good. And then, <laughs> and then, everyone, Honestly, then everyone's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a new team. It's not, but you just sign everybody else back except for him. <laughs> well, because Carlos Correa is is like an Astros draft pick, isn't he? Is he not? Mm -hmm. I believe he's an Astros. He was, first, he was number one pick. Yeah, right? I think one. Year. Yeah, so yeah. he's like the homegrown kid, homegrown right player. Child. So he, I guess, he kind of is. He was pretty vocal about it too. He's kind of like the ring one of the ringleaders of the Astros defense right. club, kind of. You know, so. Yeah. Does it? But does it take him? Does it take like the core being disbanded for them to like for the stink to wash off, or do you just need do they do you just need him to get booed? <laughs> no, serious question. Though. That's a good no, question. That's a good I question. do think that the booing is a really important piece. <laughs> no, because like what bothers me is how the players got immunity from punishment in exchange yeah. for cooperating. Mm. So they didn't really get like any flack, right? Except for like yeah. the social media or whatever. But like, yeah, like why I was saying. 
without the booing in the stadiums, I think that actually impacts the player's psyche, and it's important for them to experience that raw <laughs> negativity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I want them to be punished. Those characters. No, because if, if they just disbanded, like right, if they well, disbanded this offseason, for instance, then like people would kind yeah, of forget the players would go to different yeah. teams. Well, I, and it would like you lose that inherent connection. I agree. I and I, it's probably both is the rest of answer for me. Uh, but they have to show that they can go through some sort of adversity because they weren't put in any adversity, even by their punishment. They were kind of just like slap on the wrist. Hey, go home. You know, they got in like three fights last season though. <laughs> yeah, but was anybody permanently injured? Like I don't know. What? <laughs> nobody, nobody was knocked out. That. <laughs> what, what, what are baseball fights anyway? I yeah, mean, that's true. They, baseball fights are just like it's like they throw the pitch and then face. the guy points uh, from the home base and he points at them and then they walk up to each other. Catcher gets in the way. Nobody actually fights, but it's it's called a fight because they're out of the base path. Yeah. That's why it's a fight. Yeah. It's called a brawl. Do you remember that time that Pedro Martinez like brought down like an eighty-year-old Don Zimmer like bench? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. That, that's the fight. Yeah, that was. That's that the was fight I want to see. Exactly. Oh, they don't do it like that anymore. I'm adding, I am adding days. to my list one uppercut, one oh a year's worth of booing, or they one just spend no, no, no. Who or gets it? I don't care. Court. Yeah, somebody, somebody from that cheating team gets an uppercut, or they get a year's worth of booing. Or they disband the team. And that's their choice. And by the way, I threw this out there when it happened. I'm still willing as whether you're the Astros or whether you're an opposing team, I will fight a guy on the Astros for you. Or if you're the Astros listening, I will be in a fight for you. I like I'll, what are you talking I'll fight on your side. <laughs> why is this uh, why is sale, bro? Why? Bart, I mean not Bart. Why? As, as I think Bart said before, it's supposed to hurt though when they get in a fight. So like I don't know if it really makes sense. I'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you want to actually talk about the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I hijacked your segment. I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting to think of like who feels culpable, who feels, in terms of players, which players kind of take the blame. I feel like Altuve didn't really, like, did he really get like many shots thrown his way? I don't really think that he did. Or any of the pitchers, I guess. I mean, I guess pitchers technically weren't really involved. It was more of an offensive thing, but... Yeah, well, you know, there should have been mass suspensions dealt out. No, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like the players Bands. knowingly are agreeing yeah. to it. Yeah. I don't know. The GM and the like, the field manager is that what he's called? Were suspended, the right? And then they were promptly fired, so it didn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Who was, was, and then he got re Yeah, I'm pretty sure both have been rehired. Who was the guy? Yeah, Carter got rehired. Last. Who was the yeah. guy yeah. that was going to take over the Mets? And, Carlos Beltran. Right. Yeah. He. Oh yeah, Beltran did this. Yeah, yeah. It just it got screwed. I mean, this is like a this is a two year old debate now at this point about <clears throat> whether or not yeah. they actually got punished. Yeah. But I mean, and they should have been. They should have been. Yeah. Look, if they if they win, let's say they win it all, right? Good for them. But they'd have to do it again. Not gonna happen. So then, why does they have to do it again? Why? Because <laughs> there's a one year Because <laughs> this year I'm doesn't matter. <laughs> oh also, Jared, you mentioned Altuve didn't get like a brunt of the like of the hate or the the fighting of it mm-hmm. but if we're looking for matchups for why it altuve is only five six yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god just <laughs> like on wingspan alone and altuve if you're listening 
<laughs> I mean, take it with you. Why want. give an address? Give a yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pre-fight post. Uh, free, I'm not gonna challenge it because conference. there's a chance the Astros might hire me and we'll be teammates. And uh, you know, I, I I got no I got no problem until I put on that Dodgers uniform, and, and then then we got a problem. So <laughs> why, why does everyone have to watch his back? Right? I guess. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. <laughs> um, oh, do we ask the other question? Yeah. Is something fishy going on? Jared, do you think there's, there's cheating going on in the, in the Astros locker they, room? Yeah, there's no way they would cheat twice. There's no way that's, they're, they're yeah. that stupid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Either they're really stupid also, or they're a lot smarter than the rest of us. Yeah. Also, they're just not that good. I, like, I, think, I feel like baseball records take a little while to stabilize, but I don't think the Astros are going to be that good. I think their division kind of sucks, so it'll make them look better. But I think they're like a 500 team. That's so, what I'm talking about. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's the Angels year. It's Mike Trout's year. It's, it's Mike Trout's year. I Mariners. wish. I wish. The Mariners. Yeah. That was the oldest time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, follow us on all the social medias. We are, we are on all of them. Um, Check whichever one you like. We're we're there. Trust us, especially Facebook. <laughs> especially Facebook. Bring it um, but seriously, TikTok, um, Twitter at You Thought Sport. Um, please, please give us a follow, um, like, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, wherever you're listening at the moment. And I'll be on LinkedIn. On. And yes, Wyatt. <laughs> we're, we're on our podcast is on Verbal now too. So. <laughs> for all of our is Verbal it? listeners out there. We We've been you. getting a lot of requests for, for, for yeah, thousands get, of requests. We gotta get in the finally, clubhouse. We finally caved. Yeah. yeah. What, the Astros title. Yeah, title. Yeah, title. We're actually becoming a title exclusive. <laughs> Jay Z personally sought us out, and oh, I guess he did. He sell his share anyway. Um, I digress. But yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week. Uh, with with more ridiculousness. So uh, yeah, have a good week. Bye.